Hello, everybody. This is your girl, Michelle, with Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Welcome to the Girls Talk Real Talk's Truth About Soul Ties series. Last month, we introduced you to the topic of soul tie relationships. We defined them and gave tips on how to recognize them through our discussion of Samson and Delilah's relationship. In episode two tonight, we will be identifying the characteristics of an unhealthy leader-servant relationship that's built on a soul tie. We will be talking about why it is unhealthy and giving steps and tips on how to break this type of unhealthy soul tie relationship during our discussion on David and Bathsheba's relationship. So let's welcome our guests that we have here. So first, I want to introduce Tracy Palmer. And I also want to introduce Chandra Brundage. Hello. Chandra, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Hello, everyone. My name is Chandra Brundage. I am a licensed minister and author of four self-published books. And I'm also a motivation speaker. I'm a, a communicator, uh, mostly uh, speaking to encourage, motivate, and inspire uh, individuals to walk in purpose and destiny. And I am grateful to be with you here on today. And I pray that we have an awesome conversation. I thank you so much, Michelle, for the opportunity. Thank you, Chandra. Now we are going to have Tracy introduce herself. Hello, everyone. My name is Tracy Palmer. I am a transformational life and business coach. I am an author, a speaker, and a podcaster. I have my own um, show that I do through YouTube and through um, my podcast, which is called Getting to the Root with Tracy Palmer. I do broadcast live also on Facebook. So thank you for um, welcoming me back again for another episode. Well, you know, I am really excited about tonight because I really believe that what we're going to be talking about is going to be a blessing to any and everyone that has an opportunity to participate in the show. And so um, without further ado, let's jump into it because I've, I've been waiting on this. So tonight we are going to be looking at our relationships and those that are servant leader relationships where the leader is not necessarily handling the relationship correctly i'll just say it that way okay and so um i want to be able to answer a question throughout the broadcast throughout what we're talking about so is david david and bathsheba's relationship an unhealthy soul tie relationship. So that's the question that is going to be on the table for the first part of this. So that's going to be our underlying question that we're going to be looking at and that we're going to be discussing as well as we go through tonight. So let's jump into it, ladies. I put a question on the table, that question, but I have another question. Okay. And it was the question that I think kind of 
spurred the conversation that we had. So I don't know if the listening audience really knows um, the story about David and Bathsheba. So Tracy, I'm gonna throw it to you. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I got you, girl. Got me. Um, why don't you tell our audience just a, a little bit about the David and Bathsheba relationship? All right. So David and Bathsheba. So let me see. You want me to do the mega remix mini version of it, huh? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I try not to say too much, um, but pretty much um, David and Bathsheba. David was, um, I'll say it in my words, David was at home chilling when he shouldn't have been. And I'm trying not to say too much because we're going to go into the conversation. Because I'm like, wait, how am I supposed to do this without going into it? I don't know how. Just, just talk about, <laughs> no, just talk about the scene. Just give them a okay. breakdown of the scene. Okay, into right. nothing else but just a rundown of the scene <laughs> that that's what we're talking about. Okay, so the scene is David was at home, and that's all I'm going to say. So he decided to take a stroll up to his rooftop. Well, Bathsheba was bathing, and so he saw her, found her beautiful, sent a servant, one of his servants, to go and get her. He, the servant brought her to him. They had relations. And then after the relations, some other things transpired. Is that good? Great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, girl, I was about to spill all the tea. <laughs> you can't spill all of it. <sighs> can't spill all of it. Okay, so let's dive into it because you know we've been we've been and anyone that is is listening or that's paying attention that's trying to figure out okay what's wrong with these these people um we have been doing this now this is going on month number two that we've been doing this and we've been talking about this but let's get into it so the question that i had put on the table to both chandra and tracy was when david sent the servant to invite Bathsheba to come to the palace, could she have said no? Okay. Yes. I believe she could have said no, but it was something that I believe she wanted as well. She was, you know, needed attention. You know, like I was, you know, uh, sharing with you, uh, Michelle, she wasn't getting the attention from Uriah, her husband, because he was always on duty, you know, serving, you know, his, you know, his, uh, his leader, which was David. And um, she got the attention from him. So again, to answer your question, she could have said no, but she didn't, because it's something that she wanted herself. Okay. okay. That, that's oh, one perspective. Well, I love you, my Chandra, but I'm going to have to disagree. And that's what I love about this platform. We got to be able to have differences of opinion. So I would uh -huh. say there is a yes and a no to that. Um, now, if we're going to keep it in its biblical timestamp, no, there, no, there, there is no way that she could say no unless she wanted the consequences. Consequences would have been either a punishment or death 
period. Point blank. You do not tell the kid no. So, no. Now, then the other side is, yeah, okay, we can say yes. If we were to fast forward it and look at it in today's time, okay, now, consequences aren't as strict as back then. Um, then as they are, you know, as they were back then, like now. Now, of course, if we were to think on it like we are in this century with our culture, with the American culture, then, you know, absolutely. Now, there still may be some, uh, you know, things that happen. And I know we're going to dig into all that. But um, I would just have to say because of the time frame, because he was a king, you don't refuse a king because there is going to be some a price for refusing the king. Okay. okay. So I, my position is I don't believe that she believed she could have said no. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> because let's let's face it, in 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 servant leader relationships, um and and in church and organizations and businesses in homes where there's a leader and a servant, um, depending on the way that the relationship goes, mm -hmm. will determine whether that individual feels comfortable saying no or whether they don't. Mm -hmm. And we, we know that Uriah respected David mm -hmm. as his leader and he took his job as a soldier seriously. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we don't know what Uriah, impression Uriah gave Bathsheba in regards to David as a leader. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole lot of unknowns here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play the middle guy. <laughs> I'm going to play. I love it. The option was there to say no. Mm -hmm. But I don't mm -hmm. believe she knew she had that option. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna give old girl the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as as we look at this, let's jump into it. Why did David even see Bathsheba? Now this goes into part of what the whole thing was about. That's my thing. <laughs> that was the whole thing about because, mm -hmm. and I I did my research. Now I'm telling you, I did my research. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to jump in and I'm going to tell you back in Bible days, they didn't take baths every day. Mm -hmm. okay. And they did not take baths inside of the home. Mm -mm. Their bathroom facilities were normally on the roof of the house. Yep. Okay. And mm -hmm. so for her, now I'm going to say this, and I know there might be some men out there listening, but <laughs> she had just finished her cycle. And according to Jewish customs, it, she had to go and take a ceremonial cleanness bath okay. before she could present herself and go back out into public. Mm -hmm. And so she was on her roof. <laughs> taking care of her business, doing what she needed to do to um, appropriately manage the law of the time. Mm -hmm. Now, understanding that that was Bathsheba, Bathsheba, number one, she was where she was supposed to be. 
and she was doing what she was supposed to be doing. Okay. So I want I want to put them two points out there. She was where she was supposed to be, and she was doing what she was supposed to be doing. All right. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about David. Mm. He went where he's supposed to. He, he wasn't doing ready. what he was supposed to be doing. He was <laughs> right. supposed to be at war. You know, I was ready. He was supposed to be at war <laughs> <laughs> with his men. But now he sent his men on. Go ahead. I'm chill at home. And then he uh, trampled himself on up his little steps to the rooftop. You supposed to be, first of all, stay, in, stay downstairs. If you're going to be at home, just stay downstairs. You knew what women do upstairs. You were just was almost like David was trying to see who he could see on the rooftop. See, I didn't think about this before until just now. So I was like, Dave was like, let me go up here and see who might be bait. <laughs> he don't learn about Sheba live. <laughs> well, you know, I think on, in some regards, we have to take into consideration the fact that David was out of position. Absolutely. Yeah, he was. He was not where he was supposed to be. So Chandra, I'm going to throw this to you. When we are out of position, like David was out of position, mm -hmm. do we open ourselves up for the enemy to come in like a flood and to live his purpose within our lives? Yes, I believe so. When we're out of position, we allow the enemy to come in and have his way, no matter whether it's physical, mental, emotionally, I mean, any way, talking about that open door, uh, Tracy. Mm -hmm. So we leave an open door when we out of position because when we're in position, we're busy. That's you know, good. we're in our own lane. We can't see. It's like a horse. We can't see to our right. We can't see to our left. But we're minding our own business. Mm -hmm. You know, and therefore, when we're not doing our business, then, yes, the enemy can come in and do just whatever he want to do. Because while we gave him that opportunity, we gave him that uh, we gave him permission, basically. Mm -hmm. So, yes, my answer is yes. So looking at David and the fact that he was out of position, he, he wasn't where he's supposed to be. Like, mm -mm. like Tracy said earlier, he was supposed to be at war mm -hmm. because they were literally in the middle of a campaign. OK, mm -hmm. so for those and and. I want people to understand what I mean as campaign. David was in the process of going to war with an enemy that was a border um, country, so to speak, or a nation to Israel, to where the Israelites live and where David oversaw that property. And so they were literally about to fight. They hadn't actually started fighting yet but they had already encamped so each army was in its place mm -hmm. ready for the day to come for them to go to battle and so normally david is right there with his men right. because he was a warrior mm -hmm. so he was right there with his men so that he could fight alongside of his men and he could lead his men because he wasn't just a king in name only or a warrior in name only. He actually got out there and did the fighting as well. Mm -hmm. So he was out of position because you got a campaign going on and you at the palace. Mm. 
Come on. Mm-hmm. You right. And you're, you're not where you normally are. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that, I think, gives us a clearer or a better um, understanding of the direction that we're going in. So we've we've established that Bathsheba was where she was supposed to be. Good. David was not. Mm-hmm. So Bathsheba is up here having herself her ceremonial cleanness bath. <laughs> now you know we don't take baths with clothes on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So David is admiring. Mm-hmm. what Bathsheba is doing as she is clean, cleaning herself. Mm-hmm. And so 1 John 2, 15 and 16 come into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but of the world. So we find here David in a situation to where his eyes start leaving the rest of him. Right. And he decides that he must have him some Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the servant goes and, and he calls his servant and says, go over yonder and get old girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the servant goes and he goes over yonder and gets old girl. Mm-hmm. Brings her back to the palace. And like, like we had talked about before, I believe it was supposed to be what we would call a booty call. Yeah. When yeah. I say Hit it, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> but something else happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I guess people are saying, but how is that an unhealthy soul tie? Mm. Hmm. Well, just what you said from the beginning, Bathsheba might have been in a position where she's supposed to be in, but David was out of position. So how can it uh, be a soul tie? That's your question, right? How can it be an unhealthy soul tie? Unhealthy. That word unhealthy soul tie. Because it was lust. You just read the word, uh, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. David went after Bathsheba based upon what he saw. Mm -hmm. So when he saw, like you said, Michelle, the rest of his body went, but it, was, it wasn't healthy at all. The, first of all, the reason why it wasn't healthy, she was someone else's wife. Okay. She was to, to his Uh-oh. number one man, his main man. Uh-oh. But but wasn't somebody else's husband? <laughs> yeah, and also, yes, he, he had plenty of wives, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that was out of order for him to go that route to be with someone. You know, it wasn't about the number because obviously the culture allowed multiple and concubines, <laughs> so that wasn't the issue. So, you know, like, we, can't, we have enough? <laughs> right. We don't get tripped up on that part. It's all about the way that he went about. Okay, Tracy, I'm going to let her. you have that because you, you, you biting at the bit, okay? Yeah. You biting at the bit. 
conversation. <laughs> well, listen, because you know, it's bringing up my book, you know, mm -hmm. those things that was written. So I'm like, oh, wait, okay. Anyway, so it's the, the way, like I said, the way that he went after it, the um, from a lustful perspective, he mm -hmm. went in, like we already just said, he saw it, he wanted it, he went for it. Um, then now we have an alert doo, 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 of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Now, I didn't know if he was ready for me to go there, but I didn't went there. So now we have a consequence. Now we have a situation. So what is going to do now? So that's why it was un up front is unhealthy because of the approach of the way um, I didn't do this as, as a treaty. Like I saw like somebody, first of all, that was a virgin that was single, that was unattached or even a widow. And then um, either I'm marrying as a treaty to bring peace between my nation and another nation or as just adding another wife to my list. No, I decided I just want some. That's what David is saying. I just want some. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know if I'm supposed to be that blunt. I apologize if that was too blunt, but that's what it was. It was that was what it was all about. And so he, go, he goes and finds out that, or she informs him that she's pregnant. So mm -hmm. we've already gotten into the unhealthiness of him using his position to invite, to put the invite out there. Okay, that was number one. Number two, now there is a consequence to his action, which is she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So what happens? How do we further this unhealthy soul tie? Oh, you want me to keep going mm -hmm. with the story? <laughs> I know how far you want me to take the story. So, of course, now I didn't got my, my guy his wife pregnant, the guy that is loyal to me. This is David saying, oh my goodness. So, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make sure that he sleeps with you so we can make sure it looks like that's his baby. So we got to cover it. We got to go ahead and cover this thing up because I, I just wanted one night with you, girl, because you was fine. You was fine, girl. That's all I wanted. I wasn't expecting no babies. That wasn't what the plan was. So we got to cover this up, clean this up because I'm the king. You know, my stature, my position. And I know we're about to dig into that. But my position says nobody can find out. Nobody can find out that I, the king, David, has done something like this. the king of God's people have done something like this. No, 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 I can't, I, I, I can't let this go. The down. anointed one that was anointed as a small uh, boy to be the king by God. Yes, yes chosen, chosen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so no, no, no. Mm -mm. And I want, I worship the Lord. I play my heart. I get, I, I, I write the Psalms. No, nobody can find out that I did this. See, I can cover up a sleep, a, a sleepover, but mm -hmm. I can't cover up a pregnancy. <laughs> you know, so that's a lot of times what happened. Oh, wait a minute. See, I was about to go into it when talking real life now. Uh oh. Not yet. Me, Hold not that. Because see, not you yet. see, it, it was coming out. But anyway, <laughs> so 
I mean, I don't know how far you want me going to the story because I could tell the whole story and not even blink. So tell me where you want me to stop in the story. I, I want I want to get into Uriah on the front line. Oh, okay. So you won't go that far. Okay. Yeah. So of course now here we are. I'm getting trying to get he's trying to get Uriah to sleep with his wife. Try, got him drunk. I tried to get him drunk. To I think that's I don't think he accomplished a drinking part. Or no. if he did, I know that Uriah didn't go. I know that he's. He slept either on, I think, the doorstep of either his house or the king's house. He didn't go to his wife. So that didn't work. So then, because he was like, as long as I think you're right, said something like, as long as I live, I'll never leave your side, something to that effect. You know, he was pledging his oath to David. Like, I'm loyal, dude. Nah, -uh, I can't be going out here um, sleeping with my wife and there's a war at hand. Nah, man, I'm loyal to what it is that I'm called to do. See, Uriah understood loyalty and being in position he understood yeah. that principle. That's he good. was trying to teach david a principle that david didn't even know that he was missing that it's about being loyal to the what you're called to do so that didn't work so now i gotta set the dude up to get killed what it's like david how did you go from simply sleeping with the wife trying to get the husband to sleep with her to now I'm just going to take this man's life. What's up with that? So that's where I think the pride of life sneaks in. So we already dealt with the lust of the eyes and flesh. Now here we go. Pride is sleep is slipping in. See, I'm trying to slow down till you interrupt me because I'll keep going, Michelle. <laughs> okay, well, let, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, okay. Because the thing of it was, is David put a hit out on Uriah. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it, it's almost a modern day um, suicide by cop. Mm -hmm. Same concept. But he put him on the front line mm -hmm. so that Uriah would be killed. Mm -hmm. And after the, Uriah is actually killed on the front line, he receives word. Mm -hmm. And um, he doesn't even recognize his own sin. Mm -mm. Right. In the midst of what's going on, it takes Nathan to inform him through a story about somebody else mm -hmm. what he had done. And although David um, repented, mm -hmm. there were still consequences for his action. Mm -hmm. But you know, and I believe the reason he didn't recognize it only because now I'm about to play the hero. I'm going to rescue this poor widow woman who's now pregnant or no that I think that would no, it was not who's now pregnant because now we can kind of make it seem like it's my baby. Now, you know, people are mm -hmm. looking at timelines back then, you know, like let me add this date to that date to see how that really matches up. So I think that's what ended up happening was now I'm going to play the hero. She's a widow. Now that was my dude. He got killed. So let me take her in. And let I'm me take, take her in. Her He's my own. And I'm going to take care but see, I wonder if we were playing it off like, was it Uriah's son? Or are we going ahead and make it seem like, was it David's son? So he had two options. Uriah. Okay, well, I'm going to throw this out to you, Chandra. I'm going to throw mm -hmm. this one out to you. So with everything that's going on, David has now gone, they've gone through the, the dating period for Bathsheba so that now they can become husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And there's a consequence that is placed on their relationship. Um, and David finds himself 
already talked to Nathan, knows what the consequence is going to be. And he immediately, when he finds out that the child, the son is sick, he goes into prayer. Sackcloth and ashes, prayer. I mean, brother is face down, <laughs> deep in prayer. Right. And evidently, the servants knew about it. How did the servants know that that was David's son? I believe the servants knew uh, just what happened at the beginning. When David, uh, you know, called for Bathsheba, he sent one of the servants. Isn't that what the word say? He sent one of the servants for her. So you know how men do. <laughs> they they knew. Based upon the call, bringing her into his chamber to what took place in there. And he had to when that. Uh oh, Tracy, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. She told David, and there, there you go. That's how the servants uh, knew. So my answer is, the servants knew from day one what David did because, for one, he sent one of the servants out to bring her in, and that that took care of the, you know, took care, took care of everything. Then they they knew then. They went to the back and was gossiping. That's what it That's was. That's what I mean. Like, you know what I mean. That's what I mean. That one yeah. target was like, oh, you know what David just had me go do? He had to go get back. She but then when all the trust, like, ooh. <laughs> I, I, I okay, got so I'm going to throw this out here to both of you guys. And, you know, you can, whoever will, jump in and um, answer. But in the midst of, of what it is that we've been talking about, what made that relationship un- healthy and what made it an unhealthy soul tie well first i want to agree with with tracy uh, at the beginning of this podcast adultery it was based upon adultery mm -hmm. that's what i have to say tracy unhealthy <laughs> it, it was unhealthy because of the adultery he yeah. was married she was married mm -hmm. and if you want to just throw the lust out of how he you know, approached her after he saw her bathing on the rooftop. The it was and then what made it unhealthy is it was based off of lies. That's good. Lies. That's it just good. was layered with lies and deception and manipulation. It uh -oh, was just uh, there you go. I knew, I knew what you wanted. I knew what, I was gonna yeah. give you what you wanted, girl. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was ding, ding, built ding. off of ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, in the midst of, of what we're talking about, because this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to slow it out a little bit so that people can really see and be able to start the, the thought process of why it is being seen the way it's being seen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because when we go through this, number one, the David used his position. Even though he was out of place, he used his position to get what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was a part of the manipulation. Mm -hmm. Number two, mm -hmm. the adultery. Like you said, mm -hmm. it was an adulterous relationship. And the Bible is clearly, even back in Old Testament days, spoke clearly mm -hmm. about adultery. Mm -hmm. And especially what would happen if the woman is found in adultery. The man mm -hmm. normally can walk away, but the woman... Mm -hmm. 
not so much so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the third thing is that he became a murderer. Mm-hmm. Because he basically, even though he did not kill Uriah, he made it possible for Uriah to be killed at war so that he could cover up his sin. Yeah. Okay. So as we're looking mm-hmm. at this, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw this one out there. David, without paying attention, allowed the enemy to come into the camp and run amok because the spirit of Paul of Saul was upon him. Mm-hmm. The same mm-hmm. thing that Saul did to David, David did to Uriah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say um, there was something that I saw in the book. Um, in my book that I wanted to point out that went right with what you just said. I was like, so instead of David operating as the great leader he was anointed to be, he became distracted with trying to cover up the sin he committed. So instead of him being focused on who he was, he was so busy covering up a sin. And that's where we find a lot of things going on now. And I mean, I keep Mm -hmm. wanting to go into the now is that you're anointed. A lot of the people are anointed. I will not take that away. They are anointed to do what they are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But then when you open the door that we keep saying, Mm -hmm. when you open the door, then you you get in a place of cover up. You get in a place Mm -hmm. of trying to now um, hide a sin instead of just walking in your purpose. Walking in your, 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 like you said, uh, Shandra, about being like that, being busy, doing what you're supposed to do. You like this. You don't, yeah. you know, you're not focused on nothing else. But when you're, when that door is open, everything's there. Everything, you know. So, so I want to say that. About- <laughs> so, and and, okay. and let me understand the the question. That was a question, right, Michelle? Yeah. If you don't mind, repeat that question. Repeat it for me, please. Um. How was the how was that relationship considered an unhealthy soul type relationship right which was in, uh we're still relating to the adultery the lies the, the, the manipulation right mm-hmm. right so yeah and the lust but tracy says something about the cover-up you know if he would only uh uh confess mm. you know his sin and it brings back the scripture uh, Michelle, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. That pride is what what uh, continued the sin. David could have, you know, like I said, confessed uh, his sins and been done with it, but it's because of his pride. Mm-hmm. You know, pride too is, is really unhealthy. That causes us to get in situations and circumstances that we could just avoid if we just, you know, uh, come out of denial, confess, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. move on. So, well, let 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 me give let me give David a little bit of grace. He did eventually repent. Yeah, eventually. For, for his his part that he played in it. However, mm-hmm. I have a question. I'm gonna throw at everybody at the end of the show. I'm just warning you now, but I ain't gonna say it right now. Um, however, he didn't recognize his sin until it was brought mm-hmm. before him. Which wow. is an important point. Yes. Sometimes we can just be going on with life and going on with life and we're just doing what we do. We're not giving it a whole bunch of thought. Oh, that looks good. I want that. I'm going to get, oh, that looks good. I'm going to get that because I'm the, I'm the king. 
I can have mm-hmm. whatever I want. Nobody gonna mm-hmm. tell me no because that's mm-hmm. what I'm the king. Mm-hmm. Wow, that that hit me because mm-hmm. even with the relationship, like the Bible said, he was the apple of God's eye. Even with the relationship, you mean to tell me David didn't recognize his sin? He didn't. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. even. That's not my thing. <laughs> How could that be? You you I you got the spirit of God in you, but you can't recognize your sin. Yeah, I want the listening audience to make sure that they go back and read 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 14. Mm-hmm. And, and that right there talks about the conversation that he has with Nathan. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is all up in arms. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? He needs to be taken care of. He mm-hmm. needs to be held accountable for his actions. Right. Mm-hmm. David is indignant. Mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the antagonist in the story that mm-hmm. Nathan tells him. Mm-hmm. And so David says, well, who is it? And Nathan mm-hmm. said, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so he way. didn't think, like you said, Michelle, he didn't think that it was wrong to sleep with somebody else's wife, to kill a man. He you didn't know. put that much. Th- See, this is the key. Wow. A lot of times, leaders will make a decision on the spot that they have not thought all the way through. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's the key to it. We we even even as parents, let's face it. There's no um a manual that comes out that tells us how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Right. When we get married, there is no instruction manual to tell us how our marriage is going to be and this is what you mm-hmm. need to do at that point mm-hmm. or another. And so mm-hmm. sometimes the decisions that we make are off out of the seat of our pants. It yeah. just comes off the top of our head. Yeah, And in the midst of that, God has to show us our sin for us to recognize that we've done something wrong. It's mm-hmm. not that I'm thinking that I'm so above this. I've never even allowed the thought to come in that I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really believe because of the relationship that David has with God, I really believe that when he did what he did, Mm-hmm. He did not think that thing all the way through. Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. And so, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break here. We're gonna take a break, just a quick break, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about how David and Bathsheba's relationship relates to servant leader relationships today. Mm-hmm. And how they sometimes can be unhealthy soul tie relationships. So, as we as we are jumping into this break, um, I want to get an opportunity to learn more about our guests. But um, before we do that, let's not forget that every relationship that is built on a soul tie is unhealthy. Because not every soul tie relationship is unhealthy, as we discussed in episode one. However, for those that are built on unhealthy soul ties, it is our hope that you will learn how to identify them in your own life and realize that you and you alone have to take the initiative to apply the steps shared during today's broadcast to break the unhealthy soul tie that you are experiencing. So, Tracy, let's begin with you. What projects do you have going on right now? 
Well, currently right now, um, I am focused on my um, YouTube and podcast channel, which is Getting to the Root with Tracy Palmer. Right now, I am doing the Entrepreneur Talk uh, segments right now. So, and that's been going amazing. Every second and fourth Monday at 7 p.m., I broadcast live on um, Facebook um, with that. And we just talk about all things that concern entrepreneurs and it's been going great. So I've been doing that. And then I am in the um, process of relaunching the book, Dangerously in Love, and then also writing the follow-up book, which it, well, first of all, the relaunch is Dangerously in Love, um, the distracting factors in our lives. And then the new book that follow, which is Dangerously in Love, the untold stories. That's kind of like a, a, a little, little uh, spin off to that um, that kind of exposes the characters in a whole different way that we never thought to look at them. So that's kind of what I'm up to right now. That's got me pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. So um, Chandra, tell us what projects you've got going on right now. Uh, two things. Uh, my YouTube page is it's called Shine, which is my ministry page as well. Shine at T-N-O-W-F, it stands for the now factor, whatever we're to do for Christ, let's do it now. Um, I, I'm live on Facebook uh, with my Shine page. I'm continuing to do that regularly. Uh, I speak there regularly. Um, my YouTube page, I am uh, focusing on trying to uh, kind of relaunch it, uh, bring in you know other things just outside of my, my, my speaking messages. And I did start uh, another book is entitled uh, Take Another Shot. OK, um, it, it won't be done anytime soon, but I've started it. And that's also what I'm uh, working on. And the reason I took a, a hold on it is because I was promoting the uh, third book, which was entitled uh, Tap Into Your Core and also my latest book, Father, which I have it right here. I'm actually promoting this right here, Father, if everyone can see that. So um, those two things, I'm just focusing on that and trying to, um, you know, enhance it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, as you guys know, I just put out a new book. Um, yeah. Book number four, Desperate <laughs> Housewives of Biblical Proportions. And in that book, it chronicles the lives, the loves, the actions, and the choices of the seven matriarchs of Genesis as it presents a clear picture of what it looks like when women don't know who they are, are unable to accept themselves knowing their shortcomings, their flaws and or their imperfections, nor have they learned how to find the love they need within themselves when it isn't reflected in the eyes, the hearts, the actions of those closest to them. So in this book, it really identifies how we sometimes as women act in desperation in order to get what we want. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that God really showed me in regards to this is that sometimes these are the same issues that they experienced back then that we experience today. Mm -hmm. And then we often wonder, why is that woman staying in that abusive relationship? Mm -hmm. Why does she keep going back to him? Why, why can't she just leave him alone? And then we want to wash our hands of them. Mm. Well, in this book, you get a pretty clear picture of what that looks like. Because 
it is speaking to their relationship with barrenness. Something mm -hmm. is lacking in their lives that they are attaching themselves to these these um, things that they want so badly that they put themselves out there and make choices that have long lasting consequences. And so mm -hmm. as Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. So um, at the end of the show, um, I want you guys to be thinking about ways that the audience can get in touch with you. And then also in um, on your pages that you have shared it to, make sure that you go to the Girls Talk um, page and put in how people can purchase your, your book products. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to jump right back in there. And I want to say this disclaimer again. I'm going to keep putting this disclaimer out there because I don't want nobody to inbox me. <laughs> so although we are talking about soul tie relationships, we do know that all soul tie relationships are not unhealthy. Okay. We talked about that during episode one. We are specifically talking about soul tie relationships that are unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And we are identifying how to recognize an unhealthy soul tie relationship in a leader servant relationship, as well as we will be covering some steps on how the individual can break an unhealthy soul tie relationship that they may be in. Okay, are y'all ready to get back into this? Yeah, I'm ready. Can, okay, I, can I throw? I know you're about to switch it up on us. There was something that kept going in my head, and I was like, I gotta say it. There was something that God said in the midst of the rebuke through Nathan to David. Um, David didn't realize God was like, You had all these things given to you, you had the king's wives, the houses, your masters, all this given to you. And if that wasn't enough, David, you could have asked me. I would have given you so much more. Now, wait a minute. Now, he'd have committed this big old whoop to do over here. But God's heart was like, listen, David, whatever you had desire, you could have came to me for it. You didn't have to go by it illegally. You didn't have to go the illegal route to get what you wanted. Mm -hmm. If what you had wasn't enough, you could have came to me. So I just had to kind of throw that out there. Before we switched on off of there. That's but good, this Tracy. is a good point, and I want you to hold on to that point because mm -hmm. as we get towards the end of the show, we're going to bring that up again because mm -hmm. that is so important because had he gone to God, he wouldn't have found himself in the mess that he was in. That's and it. that's all I'm going to say about that because we'll be, we'll be there for a minute. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. Okay. So... In a leader-servant relationship, we have we have broke apart David and Bathsheba. I don't think there's anything else we could have brought out of them too. We have broken them apart. So now we're getting into the leader-servant relationship and and the unhealthy ones because we know that there are some healthy relationships mm -hmm. because God expects us to be knit together as one. In the body of Christ, he yeah. he fashions it in the Bible as each one of us is a is a limb, and the the entire member cannot function if our particular limb is unhealthy. 
it doesn't function right. Okay. And so he expects us to be in relationship with each other. But he doesn't expect us to have unhealthy soul tie relationships. Okay. So in understanding that that is not an expectation. When you are in a servant leader relationship, I'm going to ask the same question that I asked about Bathsheba. When a leader makes an advancement or they make a request mm -hmm. that is not godly, does the servant have the right to refuse it? Absolutely, yes. Just like Bathsheba had an opportunity to refuse it because she was married to David's main man. So yes, ungodly with the relationship. I, I, I really truly believe that's why I mentioned what I mentioned. You mean to tell me the relationship that uh, David had with God, he couldn't ad admit or, or confess that sin. It took a prophet to come to tell him that he was in mm -hmm. sin. He was an apple of God. Ah. So a leader going to a servant asking or requesting, as you uh, put it, Michelle, something that's ungodly. Do that servant have a, an option to say no? Yes. Because that relationship that you have with God wouldn't allow you to do something ungodly, no matter if it's leadership or not. That's who we serve in. You know, I think about what the word of God say, obey, uh, we rather obey God than man. You know, man, you know, to continue to a place, you understand. But mm -hmm. that relationship that you have with God will, 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 will preserve you. So your no will be a preserving of your life, just like with David. If he had he said no to that flesh, he could have preserved, preserved all of the, the sin that was at his door. That's a good question. Okay, so yes, um, there's always, like you said, it is the option, of course. Um, mm -hmm. And I still think there's um, going to be a level of consequence, meaning not so much a consequence from God at that point. That is, we're not at that point. You know, you're in an honoring position of God. You know, to say no mm -hmm. as a servant. But the consequence is, are you going to if, if I'm going to plan to stay up under this leadership, if I'm going to stay at this job, if I'm going to stay in this church, whatever that wherever it is, if I'm going to stay here, do I want to deal with what comes with me saying no? Do I want mm -hmm. to deal with the um, environment? Do I want to deal with any of that? So that's something you have to consider, am I willing to completely sever and walk away once this mm -hmm. request is made? Am I okay with my name being scarred? If Am I okay with the lies going out about me? Am I, what, it's, it's, so it's about the mind of that particular, as we call it, servant. Um, mm -hmm. It's about their mindset. It's about what, um, are they needy? Are they, are they, are they weak? Are they um, are they lacking confidence? And does the leader see that and manipulate that? 
does that leader see that I got a weak one here, baby? I got a weak one. I got one that won't say no, or I got a loyal one. See, okay, I almost told him myself. See, sometimes it ain't got to be weak. They can be loyal. Mm-hmm. That's good. They don't have to be weak. They can be loyal. They can know who they are, guy. And I want to go back to, I believe that David always had a heart for God and God had a heart for David. Mm-hmm. I believe that never was severed. That was never taken away. But the what we, we cannot overlook open doors. An yeah. open door blinds you. That is Satan's place to blind you. He was blinded by lust. So my relationship with God, I have a strong relationship with God, but let me open a door mm-hmm. to anything. And mm-hmm. guess what? I'm going to be blinded by what I allow. I believe that just like if, if mine was like alcoholism or something, you know, whatever. If I, because I got stressed, man, I still, mm-hmm. look, I got a tight relationship with the Lord, but I didn't got stressed. Now they open a door. Now they drink on TV looking mighty fine. So now I want to take about five or six of them and get scully or whatever. Now right. I didn't open a door because now yeah. I didn't found comfort in that. So I think that's what happened. Um, And I'm not trying to like give, I'm not trying to like back up David in the no, sense I- of saying, uh, but at the same time, I don't ever want us to think that our relationship with God um, or our connection with God necessarily is severed or changes. It's what we allow in in the midst of our connection mm-hmm. with God. He opens that door. That, that, like you keep saying, Chandra, that open door, mm-hmm. open door. Open mm-hmm. doors will mess up some things. That's Adam true. and Eve, go back. Let's take it to the garden. Adam mm-hmm. still had a relationship with God, but what blinded him? He got blinded by Satan's tricks. So it was an open door. A good point. Mm-hmm. Very good point. I want us to to look at this because in the midst of this, um, how how is it that a leader, or let me not say a leader, how is it that a servant? is unable to differentiate between them being obedient and them being manipulated. Um, What I would say, how can a servant know that a leader is being manipulative or just being a leader? Well, no, in the in the realm. Okay, so we're we're talking about the servant leader relationship, mm-hmm. and so the, with the leader, I I, I want to step off from the leader. I want to deal with the Bathsheba in modern day. Okay. So, in what in in the original question that I asked, the ungodly request. Mm, that's it. Yeah. How can the servant? know the difference between if the leader is manipulating them or if they are moving out of obedience. Because remember the word of God says that we are to obey those that have rule over us. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I just think about the, the spirit of discernment. I mean, Really, spiritually, I think about the the spirit of uh, discernment. Bathsheba, once again, knew that she was married 
you know, to a man that served David. How could you send for me, ask me to see what you will have relationship with you outside of that relationship that you have with my husband? Okay, now let's That's flip it around. Husband. I'm I'm glad you said what you said. Now let's flip that around. We've got a we've got I'm a church girl, so I'm I'm Lord, I know I'm gonna get some flag. Okay, <laughs> but I'm just gonna put it out there. Um we've got a pastor mm-hmm. who has um and administrative assistant mm-hmm. that um is new to the church um mm-hmm. probably been in the faith for five maybe six years still considered maybe a babe in the word she's not very and very versed in the word shall we say yeah. and he's married mm-hmm. and the the leader goes to the servant and says, um, my wife is going to be out of town and I've got a couple of meetings, so we're going to have to meet late. Mm -hmm. And since it's going to be late, I'm going to need you to come over to the house so that we can meet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's like, nothing out of the ordinary because she's Mm -hmm. gone over there before, but the Mm -hmm. wife has always been there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And so she goes mm-hmm. and when she gets there, they meet as expected, mm-hmm. but he excuses himself and gets a little comfortable mm-hmm. and he comes back and he makes an advance mm-hmm. and he he's banking on the fact that she trusts him and respects him. Mm. How is that unhealthy? Oh. How is that a soul tie? Well, I mean, first yeah. of all, <laughs> yeah. like, first of all, well, I'm going to give her um, half of a benefit because she's. It depends on where she's at, anyway, emotionally. If she was already coming in normally, um, when we come into the church and we serve, um, we're looking for acceptance. You know, or to help. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to say that. Or a combination of both. Or a combination mm-hmm. of both. And when we find acceptance in a high authority, that is like I got stars, like a general. You know, I'm 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 about something. So now, you know what, Tracy? A scripture came to mind. Okay. My gift will make room for me and put me before great men. Okay. Is that what we're going to do with it? Is that what we're going to do with it? <laughs> now, you, you, you got to work that, Tracy. You got to work that. So now, oh, now I'm brought before great men. So, oh, I'm gifted. and I, Yeah, okay. But anyway, so here's the problem. So I can only see it as wrong if I'm full, if I'm already fulfilled, if I'm not lacking anything. If there's any way that I'm lacking, Mm -hmm. I can't see that completely as wrong. So therefore, I'm going to find a way to make excuse for it. And I believe if the manipulator is really good, they're not going to just go in strong. It's going to start off as a handhold 
a little foot rug. Girl, you tired? Let me rub your feet. You know, because yeah. you know, you know, we we supposed to be service to one another. You know, we'll start using the scripture where Jesus, you know, talk about washing the feet. So let me wash your feet as Jesus. You know, <laughs> let me lotion you, honey. I'm trying to tell you how it goes if they smart. Yeah, if they're smart, if they're really smart, they wouldn't it. just jump in because then that's like a red signal. Like, no, gone with all that. But if they're slick, they will walk this thing out slowly, identify the weakness in the person. So what makes it unhealthy is the mindset of the, the servant, but then the intentions of, of course, the one that's doing it. You only, and, but you can't determine, I, I go back to the original question was how can that one determine, is this manipulation or me just being obedient? Because sometimes it's not as clear as the action being at, you know, uh, asked, if I'm saying it right, the thing being asked of me. Like if you just come right out and say, hey, have sex with me, then of course I'm going to say that's manipulation or that's that's wrong if you just come out and say it. But if you lead me into the bedroom slowly, like one meeting after the next meeting, after the next meeting, and then before I know it, we had a drink or something or boom, then that's, then it's almost like somehow you have made me believe that this is okay. Okay, so in, in essence, in what you're saying is we it, when you find yourself in that type of relationship, how it becomes unhealthy is two ways. It, the spirit of manipulation is at play. And number two, there's something missing, either emotionally mm -hmm. or spiritually, mm -hmm. out of the servant's life. And they mm -hmm. see whatever is missing in their life in this other individual. Absolutely. And they believe that if they, if they attach themselves to this other individual, then they will learn how to receive whatever it is that, that they are lacking in their own lives. Absolutely. Okay. So in, in the midst of that, is that control? Absolutely. Mind control, absolutely. In which you allow that yourself, that open door, being weak and vulnerable, as Tracy stated. You know, what you're lacking. If you fool, like she said, you would take that and say, you know, I already know what the consequences of that, and I'm not going that way. So, yes, yeah. mind control. You know, let me flip um, it. I was, was going to say, let me flip it away from a sexual activity because there's two, I was getting ready to do that girl oh, we was on okay. the same way we was on the same way because <laughs> all the time based on a sexual um relationship mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. use that example because that's the one most people know mm -hmm. um but there is the other form that is not a sexual mm -hmm. but it is still the spirit of manipulation yeah. mm -hmm. because you are controlling them because you are you are presenting to them something that they need or mm -hmm. something that they desire in their life yeah that is missing mm -hmm. that barrenness mm -hmm. desperate housewives of bar uh, biblical proportions all over again mm -hmm. uh, that barrenness that they have in their life is now presented itself because I had I was talking to a friend of mine and it's a male. And um, he was my best friend when I was growing up. And one of the things that he would always tell me is he would say, Michelle, don't look thirsty. 
Whatever mm-hmm. you do, don't look thirsty. Right. And I'd be like, I don't even know what thirsty is. You want to kind of explain <laughs> that to me? Because, you know, I'm a church girl. I don't know what thirsty is. And he, he, his, his way of putting it was men can pick up on the fact that mm-hmm. you are uncomfortable in your own skin. Wow. And that you are open to their suggestions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost like a neon light goes off over your head like pick me pick me and and you attract and then see this is the other part of that we attract what we lack in our lives so how Mm -hmm. we see ourselves is what we attract into our lives Mm -hmm. and so when we go into a leader servant relationship and we have been raised to always believe that we are to follow the leader you know that mm-hmm. game we used to play as a kid follow the mm-hmm. leader mm-hmm. and we have witnessed our parents follow leaders that later have not necessarily been ethical mm-hmm. All right but they follow them because mm-hmm. the word of god says is that you respect those you follow those that have rule over you and so this is what you've seen it's mm-hmm. not a sexual thing, but this is what you see. Right. So when the leader begins to ask you to do things, mm-hmm. not necessarily of a sexual connotation, but to right. have you do things that initially you were uncomfortable with and that you have to talk yourself into doing, mm-hmm. that's an unhealthy soul type. Yeah. And then, and like, I was going to throw back in that word loyalty, because now you might deal with a person that they, they, they okay with themselves. It's not that they are really in need, but Mm -hmm. they just have that loyalty thing. They just, they, they're like, I'm, they, they take that commitment to a fault. Some people, Mm -hmm. they write, they just, and I mean, you, you want a loyal person, but then sometimes you can be loyal to a fault. I mean, just, just too loyal. And when you're too loyal, that's another thing that people like a manipulator will pick up on, that this wow. person is loyal, that they will um, not necessarily do things to be pleasing because some people that are loyal will still tell you you're wrong, but they'll mm-hmm. still just have your back. They'll right. still, I'll, you know, I'll tell you you're wrong, you know, and don't ask me to do it again, but I didn't still did it the first time, you know, it's kind of like, one of those things. Tracy, I'm going to jump in here because I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. The servant that went and did the invitation to mm-hmm. Bathsheba mm-hmm. is the servant in our story. Mm-hmm. So in this regard, there's the leader who is married, has mm-hmm. children, has a whole life, mm-hmm. but he has a side piece. Mm-hmm. And so it is the assistant's responsibility to make sure that her bills get paid, to make sure that her gifts get to her, to make yep. sure that um, she plays, he or she, because it could mm-hmm. be a male, he mm-hmm. or she plays the mediator in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But they, in no way can they tell anybody else what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say yeah. too yeah, Michelle, I, can't say, I'm like, I can't say too much because uh, you you might be in too much of a back uh, somebody's back in too many backyards, you know. So um, that's what 
can definitely happen is and that leader could be very vocal. I mean, I'm serving can be very vocal in the leader's life and to say, listen, because we see it on these shows where that person that's that right hand man to the uh, leadership, they're like, Man, you know, this ain't right now. Listen, I'm gonna do this this time. But yeah. come on now, you're gonna have to get it right. But then it's also is there a fear of I'm gonna lose my position? Okay, is there a fear go. of is there a fear of um like it depends on what my position holds and how much is gonna cost me to come against you? What all mm -hmm. is gonna cost me to be rebellious? Because now you're about to start throwing scriptures at me. You about to start telling me how I'm already now, now I went back to the church now. You about to start telling me that I'm not obeying, like you just said, the scripture mm -hmm. that's just thrown out there all the time about obeying those who have rule over you. Okay, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we got to be careful of that because then here we go. That and that's how you know you're in a manipulation too as a servant. If you're mm -hmm. gonna use scriptures to put me in line, or if you're gonna use my paycheck to keep me in line or if you're going to use my circumstance to keep me in line oh baby you manipulating me this this ain't just you know something just a request you want me to fulfill now you're trying to manipulate because you're holding something over my head uh-uh okay so, i'm glad you said that so let's out. jump into right quick let's jump into the spirit of manipulation so there when i was looking this up i found six qualities that speaks to the spirit of manipulation mm-hmm one of them is that they have a belief that their approach is always the right approach. Mm -hmm. um, basically, they speak to their need for controlling the nouns in their life, the people, places, and things that are a part of their life, and how they will use deception and deflection to hide or cover up their inadequacies mm -hmm. and their failures. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Number two, the leader often crosses boundary lines in their relationships. Mm -hmm. They will use negative talk to belittle. Um, mm -hmm. They will do it to try to destroy the person's self-esteem and self-worth. And they will also use fear tactics, mm -hmm. blame and shaming to keep the person in line, wow. to keep them loyal. Um, the third point is, they often blame others for their problems. Mm -hmm. Everything is always the servant's fault. They use gaslighting and manipulation to control and to rid themselves of the responsibility for the demise of any relationship that they don't want to take responsibility for. Mm -hmm. Lord help. Uh-oh. What happened? My my computer decided to start talking. Uh oh, <laughs> like, what happened? Okay, and number four, it plays on the emotions of others. They play on. They use your emotions against you. Right. Mm -hmm. They'll use cunning, manipulation. They'll even tell them you crazy. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, is it your time of the month? Are Are you experiencing some stuff? Yeah. So they'll use their emotional state against them to gain the upper hand and to show their superiority. Mm -hmm. Number five, they feel like whenever the servant is trying to speak up for themselves or to talk about the issues, they feel like they're talking to a brick wall as it's never received. The leader is also quick witted. They'll shut down instead of talking. And then they even turn the conversation on you to make it your fault. Yeah. 
they'll switch the they'll switch the script on you real quick. And then the last one is they what they say and what they do don't match. Mm -hmm. They That's aren't true. dependable. Their mm -hmm. actions don't match their words, and they don't live up to their agreements or their word. Mm -mm. So in all that we've been talking about, about the manipulation, we didn't cover every last one of those. Mm -hmm. For people to clearly see that there is an issue when the spirit of manipulation steps into the equation. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't even have to be the servant that is experiencing or that has the spirit upon them. Nine times out of 10, the leader is the one that is operating under the spirit of manipulation. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they only see it as a means of getting their way. They've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. And it's just a part of their um, personality and their character. So like mm -hmm. David, they don't see anything wrong with it because that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. and, and don't throw in the fact that they might be good looking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay. They feel like getting what they getting what they want. Like I can, I can have um, what I want. I can get what I want because of my position. But there was something that you said that if nine times out of ten, yes, it is the leader. But man, I've seen where a quote unquote the servant has used their position to manipulate the leader into doing things for them because they may have a little dirt. On the leader. Oh, oh they did. We learned from the best. They mm -hmm. learned. So I'm just saying. Oh, I'm like I've seen that. Was like oh, so. Uh, but as, as we know, spirits jump. That's transfer. That's it. They do. They I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking basically how how weak and 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 thirsty you are yourself is the only way that you accept that type of you know behavior. From but sometimes you don't know that there's another way. It, it it's yeah. That sometimes you don't know there's another way. Uh -huh. And and um, I, I've had friends. Now I grew up in a two parent household, and my dad loved my mom. I I only heard them argue one time the entire time I was growing up, and that was because my dad was getting ready to go across the street to tell Miss Rosie who was having a house party that her people need to come and move their car from in front of our house so we my dad can park. And my mother was like, no, you're not, because you know that you start to drinking that stuff over there and they know <laughs> and just park the car up the street and walk yourself on back down here. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and I when I when I got married, I knew something, you know how you know something ain't right, but you really can't identify what the ain't right is? Mm -hmm. I knew something wasn't right. I just couldn't identify what the wasn't right was. Mm -hmm. And um, what he was doing is he was grooming me. Mm. He was grooming me so that he could step into a role of being an abuser. Mm. In the same way that a leader that is in a, um, a leader-servant uh, relationship that is an unhealthy soul tie, whoever is the aggressor mm -hmm. is grooming them. Like mm -hmm. Tracy said, you're grooming them. You don't just mm -hmm. come at them all at once. 
Right. Mm-hmm. To ease them mm-hmm. into you that position and into it. that yeah. relationship. Yeah. Okay. And Definitely. so, whereas I didn't see, I didn't see um, a dysfunctional relationship like that that was abusive when I was growing up because my daddy wasn't crazy. My mother probably would have went upside his head. She wasn't crazy. <laughs> he wasn't crazy. Um, but he was trying to groom me to where he could do that to me, but it wasn't happening because I never saw it. Mm-hmm. But I do have friends that were raised in abusive homes where the dad beat up the mom and probably them on a regular basis mm-hmm. or when he got drunk or when he was angry or whatever excuse that he had and the mother wouldn't leave. Mm-hmm. And so the daughter finds herself in with having her father as a husband who was doing the same thing to her that her dad did to her mother. Why? Because that's what she grew up up under. Mm-hmm. And and we may know it's wrong mm-hmm. on every level, mm-hmm. but this is what I know. I, I don't know what that other looks like. This is mm-hmm. what I know. And a lot of times in these unhealthy soul tie relationships between a leader and a servant, you have a servant that has been in some type of morally defunct relationship in their life and they cannot identify that there's mm-hmm. something wrong because this is what they've always seen right right and for me i'll tell my um uh, telling myself briefly um and something i didn't realize until years and years and years of different types of unhealthy um leadership type relationships and let me put the disclaimer out there for those who might listen and follow it wasn't always just a church one so it was different ones you know how people like to think that oh you're just talking about this no mm-hmm. there are multiple ones that um we have been involved in um whether it's a job or the church or a relationship for me i found out that and i didn't want to admit it i had an acceptance issue I wanted to be accepted. And when I found that out and I realized that's what that my loyalty was about, it was about being accepted. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, you know, one, you know how you find out something about yourself? You're like, ugh, when you oh, get like that? <laughs> You're yeah. like, ugh, what? because I that, that, that being accepted, who cares? You know, God accepts you, but no. When you find yourself seemingly always rejected, and I can't talk too much because I'm there's a book coming down the road. But when you find yourself in a position of feeling like you're always rejected, when you finally find people to need you, they mm-hmm. want you and they want they 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 honor you, supposedly. Um, they're they're giving you the accolades that nobody else gave you then you're like ooh so then you become loyal and you just do you know you 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 you, you kind of test your ethical meter like eh, is this considered a little white lie you know you kind of start weighing out can mm-hmm. i handle this behind doing this is it really that deep and i can sweep this under the rug and you find yourself just kind of rolling with it until you wake up and say, now, wait a minute. No, this is not how I'm supposed to be. This is not how this is supposed to go. But I want, that's why I want to throw in this. And some people, it's an acceptance 
issue. Mm -hmm. That's good. And it's that, that lack of, that, that yeah. something missing we were talking about. Go ahead, Chandra. No, my only question, as I heard you speaking, Tracy, at what point do you find out that's what you need? Well, hold on a second, because we're going to talk about that. <laughs> so, seven signs that you are in an unhealthy soul tie relationship. Number one, you are in a physically, emotionally, and or spiritually abusive relationship. But you feel so attached to them that you refuse to cut off the connection and to set reasonable boundaries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have left the relationship maybe long time ago, but you think about the other person obsessively. You just can't seem to get them out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Number three. Whenever you do anything, make a decision, have a conversation with someone, etc. You feel like this person is with you or watching you and you consider what they would do in the same situation mm. and make your decision based off of that. Number four, when you have sex with someone else, hopefully your husband or wife, hopefully your husband <laughs> or wife. You can hardly keep yourself from visualizing the person you have a soul tie with. Ooh. Number five, you take on the negative traits of the person that your soul tie is with and you carry their offenses whether or not you actually agree with them. Mm -hmm. Number mm -hmm. six. You defend your right to stay in a relationship with the person that your soul is tied to, even though it is negatively affecting or even destroying the important relationships in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number seven, you have simultaneously experiences and or moods as the person your soul is tied to. This can even include sickness, accidents, addictions, etc. So you are finding yourself behaving mm -hmm. and putting yourself in the same situations mm -hmm. that the person your soul is tied to unhealthily. Can I add to your number two? Number uh, eight. Well, it goes with number two. We can make it number eight. It was you are always concerned or wondering what they are doing. Um, Hold on. And who else they are manipulating when you're concerned. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was where I was like, oh, why do you mm -hmm. care who else they are manipulating? Right. I mean, wrap all the way up in who else they manipulate. Let, uh, let, let me be a rescuer. I want to go rescue all everybody that I think that this person could be. Let me get let me find out. Let me let me search on the yeah, Facebook. Let me up. search in Instagram. Let me. Let me Look, you're stalking all their social media platforms. You After you woke it. up. <laughs> you ain't woke up, honestly. Yet. You ain't woke up yet. You ain't, no, you ain't, woke, you ain't up woke up yet. Because now I want I want to now I'm calling myself a savior. Now I'm about to save everybody from being I'm manipulated. I'm about to go tell the other person <laughs> trying to get them out of the relationship, and I'm still tied. Still tied because you're wrapped up in. Whew, all that stuff. Now, when okay. do you find out? Because you asked a question. 
sometimes you you well for me you I didn't find out or figure this out until I had to be away from it for a long time. Yeah. I didn't see it in the mist. Sometimes something will cause you to break away, but you just get tired, but you don't look at it as a tie or anything. You're just getting away. But how you know you're in a tie is these things that were identified. I'm sitting there wondering what they doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there wondering what, what, what they planning. I'm sitting there always concerning myself with their business and, and being mad about mm-hmm. what they doing in their life. And trying to save them and always trying to talk up to them and always trying to make sure ain't nobody misusing them and and you you in the you in the background um trying to deflect any negativity that might be falling on them, even to the point of taking the blame for it so that people won't yeah. see them in a negative light. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to to add when we find when is that point when we find out that we're being manipulated. Okay, what well, it's well, what like we I get said. to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a it was another point uh-huh. that I wanted to add as well. Uh-huh. Back, Michelle, when you was talking about leadership, things just won't add up. You will see their flaws. You you will see their words doesn't match their actions. Mm-hmm. You will see that it will be visible to the point where you'll be led. I believe it. I, you'll be led out of it because you see, wait a minute. I'm they did, they said, they do. Chandra, I'm going to tell you how normally it happens. Mm-hmm. They turn on you. Yes, most certainly. I believe and it. I, normally, and I'll say probably seven out of 10 times, how the person starts recognizing something's not right is because the person that they are in a soul tie with will turn against them and bring somebody else into that spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'll see it visibly with your you, eyes. You may see it, but you haven't yet accepted it. Right. Yeah, that's good. Good point. You have and you're still, but you're still in the cold Wrapped yeah. up in it. Okay. Like Natural progression. Uh-huh. How do you break it? How do you break a soul tie? Hmm. So, I guess you... <laughs> There are four steps, and and I did a lot of research on this, and everybody pretty much had the exact same four steps. Some people had seven, some people had eight, but the first four was almost pretty much the same across the board for everybody. And the very first thing is awareness. Just what you was talking about, Chandra, awareness. Mm -hmm. It says awareness is the heartbeat of therapy. Ask God to give you the strength to move on and acknowledge the unhealthy past. Avoid the person as much as possible. Put space in between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Even if it means that you need to quit that job, leave that church, mm-hmm. move into another place, whatever. Mm-hmm. Put as much separation between you and the other person as possible. Mm-hmm. If any sins were cre- created, to cause the soul in the midst of that soul tie relationship, repent. Mm-hmm. Repent, just like David did. He repented. Right. Yeah. And God forgave him and brought him back into right relationship. Repent, because sometimes we do things and we know we did it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to go and you don't have to go to the priest and, and bear off. 
Hmm. Go to God and 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 repent. He already know what you did anyway. Right. right. Yes. That okay. Was my point from the beginning. Number yes. two. Now this is the one. This is the one that's gonna get some folks tripped up. Okay. Destroy or give away any and every gift given to you by the other person. Mm. I don't care if it was a ring. I don't care if it was some lingerie. I don't care if it was an, an apartment. I don't care mm -hmm. if they got you a house. Yeah. Not my house. <laughs> Not my house. <laughs> this is why the items symbolize the ungodly practices and the ungodly soul tie relationship of the past and mm -hmm. pre and present relationship so mm -hmm. what it does is as long as you hold on to them things you mm -hmm. are still tied to that individual you're right michelle because mm -hmm. we we have memories mm -hmm. and memories are normally associated with things so mm -hmm. every time we see that thing that memory is going to present itself mm -hmm. and that's why they tell they say get rid of it mm -hmm. because it's for your best benefit sell the house mm -hmm. it buy you a better house that he ain't never been in mm -hmm. that he has no part of sell the mm -hmm. furniture mm -hmm. go go on marketplace on facebook go on offer up go on all of these other end um, website places where you can sell the furniture and start over, start everything fresh and new. Hmm. Okay. Number three, renounce any vows or commitments made that played a part in forming the soul tie. Mm -hmm. Even things like, I will always love you. I will love you forever. I could never love another man or another woman. You are my forever. Renounce them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. They are spoken commitments that need to be undone verbally. Word of God says that life and death is That's in good. the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. So you need to speak death over that soul tie relationship and speak life over your own self. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, yeah. when you do that, when you renounce it, you have to do it in Jesus's name. You can't just go up there because you remember the, the sons of Sceva. So I'm not going to get into that story, but you remember the sons of Sceva. Mm -hmm. They were calling on stuff that, like Paul did. Yeah. Come on. And, and they kind of got beat up as a result. Yeah. Call yeah, on yeah. it in the name of Jesus. Just like and the Bible tells you to rebuke something. It always says rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And so we renounce that thing in, in Jesus's name. And then the last one, which is always the hardest. Forgive that person if you still have anything against them. Mm -hmm. And while you're in the midst of forgiving them, forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we will hold up against ourselves because we can't believe we allowed ourselves to get suckered like that. To get yep. pulled in like that, to be hoodwinked and and tricked yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. So you have to forgive yourself, and you have to forgive that other person, yeah. so that you can start fresh and start over, and and move past it. Because God has so much more for us, and and then what we give Him the opportunity to do. 
But if we learn anything from David and Bathsheba, although there were consequences to their relationship, David did the very thing that we're talking about in order to break the unhealthiness of the soul tie. He repented. Mm -hmm. And then he sought God. Mm -hmm. God ended up causing the child of that original union to die. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing else after the child died. There was nothing else left mm -hmm. that represented the unhealthy soul tie. Mm. Never thought about it like that. Mm. I never looked at the death as the destroying of the soul tie. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we, we didn't throw a lot of information out of there in, in about an hour and a half, y'all. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. what I will do is I will make sure that I attach the, um, the um, ways to be able, the spirit of manipulation, the seven signs that you have an unhealthy soul tie and how to break it. Uh, for the girls talk um, page, I will put it in the comments so that people can pull them off at will and be able to utilize them and go back and look at them. Because I really believe that we have to put ourselves in a position to understand that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And everything that we need is normally found in him. So... Mm -hmm. Ladies, how, how y'all feeling about everything? It was some good, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, you, what the last thing that you said, everything we need, everything we desire is in him. And, and, and how I feel about that is just knowing, knowing your position in him, you know, and, and knowing uh, the power and authority that you possess mm -hmm. to, to say no, to resist. I shared with you, Michelle, what the uh, word of God says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I hear people say, oh, resist the devil, he'll flee, but you forgot the submission part. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that we could, you know, uh, be preserved in such is when we submit ourselves to God, our, our, our very being. And therefore, when something come up on us, soul ties, manipulation, uh, you know, the, the, the thought of... Um, not being strong or having that that self-confidence in yourself to um to be in a place to accept unhealthy uh relationships you'll know first everything goes back to what you just said everything that i need everything that i desire is in him and that's one thing that uh, i've experienced myself i was uh sitting on my bed one day and the lord told me i heard him very clearly it was some things that i was in the need of it was some things that was chasing me and, and, and working against me that I was fighting. I was in warfare at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he said, everything you need and everything you desire is in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So lastly, I'll say Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto us. And it goes back to what you were saying, Tracy, when you said um, David could have just asked God. God would have gave him, you mm -hmm. know, everything that he needed, you know, that was healthy for him, mm -hmm. you know. But however, he sought other things and got himself into the mess that he was in. But Michelle, I, I, that was a good point at the end. And I have to throw that in. Good point. 
I guess if I was to throw a little closing nugget for myself and my thought on this, this has been, this is amazing. I mean, this is, we are digging and digging and digging, even some comments like we're digging, you know, we've been, we can tell the response, like we're really digging into some areas and some territories and some stuff that it's more than just a story. People got to get that. It's more than just a story. It's so much to uncover, but um, I go back to the beginning of this, not being in proper position. Yeah. Not being in proper position gives room for unnecessary distractions to come in. Um, when we are in the wrong place at the wrong time, that's all the enemy needs. All so that need. opening mm-hmm. to present the unnecessary distractions, and which causes us to forget who we are, who we're called to, what we're called to do, who we're anointed to be. And that's David forgot who he was. He know he was special. He know that he was precious. He forgot because he allowed, he was out of position and allowed an unnecessary distraction to come in. Now he was thrown all off his game and that's why he was blinded. I can't, I can't repent. I can't, I can't see wrong when I'm out of position because I'm already wrong. I started off wrong. I didn't go do what I was supposed to do. People take that too lightly. Disobeying God, we take it too lightly not fulfilling purpose. We take it too lightly. We just, we think that God will just, oh, he'll just, he'll just move past me or just give it to me at a later time. Uh Uh-uh, baby, you're going to face something for not doing what God has called you to do or being where he wants you to be. So I always want to stress that that's, uh, we don't, yes, there's grace and mercy, but don't get so caught up in that where you find yourself always out of position. Because out of being out of position, you're going to find there's going to be that's the opening. That's all the enemy needs. He needs you out of position. When you're in position, you're in the will of God and you're covered. I felt that. Wait, yes, Lord. That hit me. Whoa, I had to make a hold on. I had to slow myself down on that one. Because it's something about being in position, you're covered. It's like you're under. I see the wings of God covering because mm-hmm. you're under but the moment you're not in his will you're out of protection you're out of protection and the enemy's like bet <laughs> you know and that's the opening that he needs so I'll stop there was right something that we said when we had our original conversation and in that original conversation um, when we were talking we were talking about that very thing about being out of that we were talking about the anointing remember yeah. That just because you have an anointing on your life does not mean you will not sin or that you will not find yourself in these type of relationships. Right. The key to it is to, as as Chandra said, allow that uh, that um, discernment to kick in. Mm-hmm. But but you've got to be in right relationship with God, and you've got to be it. in position for the discernment to kick in. Mm-hmm. That's good, Michelle. And so it 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 behooves us as the word of God says, to work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the belief is, is that when we know better, we can do better. But a lot of times when we know better, we beat ourselves up. And so we never get to the do better part. And so if, if, if anything, if you're dealing with this type of, of relationship and you recognize it based off of what we've shared here tonight, Find somebody that you can talk to that is not directly involved in any aspect of the relationship that you're in. Because sometimes we need to talk that thing out. 
and not necessarily talk it out to tell somebody our business, but sometimes mm. we need to hear ourselves. That's good. We need to hear ourselves because mm -hmm. I know when I've talked to people, I'd be like, well, wait a minute, that sounds stupid. That sounds <laughs> really stupid. Is that me? Yeah, and then I said, well, wait a minute, I'm going to have to get back with you because I had to go check my stuff. That sounded really stupid. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, and, and I say this, and, and I'm saying it jokingly, but I'm very serious mm -hmm. because that is the power of the ear gate. And, yeah. and you being able to hear yourself. Because when you begin to speak those things that be not as though they were in Jesus' name, begin to happen over your life, then your ear gate goes down into the spirit of you. And it begins to work with the Holy Spirit to make those things produce into your life. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's real good. Okay. And mm -hmm. so we have to be careful that we are not producing some negative things into our lives because mm -hmm. we refuse to see that the relationship is not healthy and we have tied our soul to other people wow well as we wrap up tonight's podcast i want to reiterate and that all leader servant relationships are built on unhealthy soul ties I'm going to say that again because I don't want nobody to inbox me. <laughs> I want to reiterate that not all servant leader relationships are built on unhealthy soul ties. And by applying the steps provided during the show, you will be able to identify the unhealthy soul tie in a leader servant relationship. And you will be able to utilize the four steps that we provided to break an unhealthy soul tie relationship. So I'm going to go over them quickly one more time. Number one, seek God's guidance and assistance through prayer to break the unhealthy soul tie. Repent of any sins committed during that unhealthy, unhealthy soul tie relationship. Because if it's unhealthy, sometimes we did some things that we weren't necessarily proud of. Okay, number two, get rid of every gift you have received from the person you are in the unhealthy soul tie with. And and I know it might be hard, and as, as they used to say when I was growing up, it might be tight, but it's right. Mm -hmm. All the way. Number three, renounce any vows or commitments made during the course of the soul tie in Jesus' name. Renounce it. Because you, you spoke some things into existence in that relationship that now you have to renounce in Jesus' name. You basically got to rebuke yourself of who you was back then so that you can step into the greatness that God has before you. Mm -hmm. And number four, forgive yourself for being pulled into the relationship and forgive the other person for the role they played in the unhealthy soul tie relationship, especially mm -hmm. if you have anything against them. Amen. 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 And so, Tracy, um, yes. how do you want people to get in touch with you if um, they want to get in touch with you? Okay, um, they can definitely reach me through my website, which is gttr with Tracy Palmer .com. So that's um, the best way. Just go through the website and contact me that way. Um, Facebook too. I do have um, GTTR with Tracy Palmer Facebook page and you can reach me um, that way as well. 
Okay. Chandra, how can individuals get in touch with you? You can uh, email me at my Gmail account. That's uh, M. That's Miss CC Brundage. M S C C B R U N D I G E at gmail.com. You can also uh, reach me on Facebook at Chandra Brundage, as well as my Facebook Shine page at T N O W F, which again stands for the Now Factor. Those three ways you can reach me. Okay, and if anyone is wanting more information about the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast. They can um, reach us on our Girls Talk Facebook page, which is um, the at sign Girls with a Z Talk 2018. Or you can hit us up on um, our Instagram page, which is at Girls Talk with Girls with a Z Talk 2018. And so it has been another wonderful episode. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you ladies. I think we gave out some excellent information. Um, if you are interested in continuing the conversation after tonight, um, you can hit us up. You can messenger us, um, and we promise we'll get back with you if you have any questions. Um, we will have another episode in December, the third, the second Thursday in December. We will be talking about the third type of soul tie relationship on series number three and um that particular one is going to be about our unhealthy soul ties that are our connections with other people okay <laughs> so we're going to talk about that and i'm not going to tell you who we're going who we're going to discuss right now i'm going to leave that a little secret mm -hmm. but i promised you all a question oh i promised a question uh-oh. <laughs> and um, again, all of the information that we have given, I want to make sure that everybody knows that we have identified the traits of uh, the spirit of manipulation. We have given you some steps in order to identify if you are participating in a soul tie. And we have also given you the steps to um, take in order to break a soul tie relationship. Um, and so I, I have one final question that I'm going to leave as what um, they used to say, the things that make you go, hmm. Mm -hmm. My question is this. Did the relationship that David had with Bathsheba the unhealthy soul tie turn into a generational curse in the second son's life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, do we answer? Yes. I was ready. I, was like, mm -hmm. I would say yes because uh, David's son tried to kill him. Hey, that was my question. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, his name. Absalom. Absalom. Yeah. Yeah. He tried to kill him, and then not only that, one last thing, and Tracy, it's on you. The his son raped his sister. So that was kind yeah. of a. And that's curse. I, I, yeah, I, wish, I went. I went to that end in the book. <laughs> I went. I, I, I went. 
the rape. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, it behooves us to make sure that we are able to identify the unhealthy relationship that we are in and recognize whether they are in a soul tie, if they are a soul tie relationship or not. Because sometimes they have reverberating consequences that we did not ever anticipate that mm -hmm. happens in generations after us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that, ladies, we will say good night. Good night. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. You all have a fantastic evening. Blessings and peace.